listeners who are coming in. Again, that is St. John chapter 21, and we'll be looking at verses 4 through 11. Verse 4 reads, Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, do you have any fish? And they answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. When they got out of land, they saw a charcoal fire in place, with fish laid out on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of fish, large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Heavenly Father, open our hearts and our minds and our spirits to be receptive to what you're saying to us in these next few moments. Lord, allow your word to push us towards your promise to put us along the path of destiny that you've designed for each and every one of us. And most of all, Lord, did not allow us to leave here the same way that we came. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and God bless you. I want you to talk to you today a little bit about the concept of fit. We're going to talk about fit, and we're talking about fit in the concept of am I in the right place? Do I fit in or do I belong where I am? I want to talk to you and to give you a little context, let me explain to you where we are in the story of Peter here. The story that John renders to us in chapter 21, again, I remind you, is at the end of St. John. So we have already gone through the crucifixion. Jesus has already died and been buried and he's arisen and he has appeared to several people after he had arisen. After he's risen and he's appearing to these people, we find one of the stories here about Peter. So understand this, if Jesus has already been crucified, he's already died, buried and, ris and arisen, then Peter has also already denied Christ three times. You remember the story? It was a very polar opposite of moments that happened just right there in the same chapter. That one moment, Jesus, Peter is standing up and saying, when Jesus asks, who do, they, who do men say that I am? Peter says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus declares to him that he said, thou, he said, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. And first he starts that by saying, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. He's saying it is my spirit, it's God's spirit that revealed that. But then a few scriptures down, Jesus is saying, well, I have to go and be offered as a sacrifice. And then Peter says, no, Lord, no, you shall not be offered. And Jesus then has to say, I rebuke you, get thee behind me, Satan. So just in that matter of a few passages, we see how, how Peter can go from having an understanding of who Jesus is to then not understanding his assignment. 
and rebuking him for saying that he had to be offered for our sins. So here we find Peter further along in the story. He's already denied his last known action was running away from Jesus and denying him three times. But yet we find him here at uh, fishing. Somebody asked, why did we find Peter fishing? Fishing was Peter's occupation. After Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and Jesus not being around them as much as he used to, Peter had to find himself, and he's like, what do I do next? So he went back to what he knew best. He went back to fishing, and earlier in, this te- in that text, it said, let us go fishing, because that's what he knew. That's what he was familiar with. And sometimes when we're trying to determine our fit, we often rely on familiarity. We rely on places where we're familiar. We rely on hanging around people where we're familiar. We rely on being in circumstances, even as it relates to our occupation and our job. We rely on things that are familiar. And sometimes familiar is the enemy of better. Sometimes familiar is the enemy of better. Sometimes God is calling us to better. Sometimes God is calling us to greater, but we'd rather be familiar than be better. Oh, come on, point at somebody and say, would you rather be familiar or better? Or better? That's that's a, a real question that you ought to pose to yourself. Would I rather be in a place where I'm comfortable, where everything is familiar, or would I rather step out and be a little bit uncomfortable? Step out on something that does not, I, 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 to a place that I'm not, that I don't know so well. Step out on faith and trust God to take me to a place, as he told Abram, that I will show thee. I'm going to show you. You can't recognize it by yourself. You're going to have to trust me to get there. Sometimes our, our reliance is only on ourselves. Sometimes we, we talk about faith, but we don't practice it. Faith is dead without works. Faith without works is dead being alone. It's easier to talk faith than it is to walk in it because walking means walking when things are uncomfortable, walking when things are unfamiliar, walking and totally trusting God because you don't know the way. And I've said this before and I mean it. God has to show us the way to better because we don't know what better looks like. We don't know what better looks like. Why don't we know what better looks like? I'm not insulting your intelligence. I'm just telling you what God said. God says, my ways are above your ways, and my thoughts are above your thoughts. And even as far as the heavens are above the the earth, so are my ways and thoughts above yours. It's not possible for us to comprehend what better looks like in the eyes of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask, think all that we can imagine. It exceeds our mental capability to see what better looks like in the eyes of God. That's why we have to trust him. That's why we have to trust him. Now sometimes even in, in, in dark circumstances, the, the song rings in my, in, my, in my head. It says, if you will only trust him, if you will only trust him. I can't see my way. I can't see the deliverance because the deliverance has not yet been created. I want you to get that. My God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation make. God will create a way out. We don't see it, 
but we have to trust him. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We don't see it, but we have to trust him. And if you want to get to better, you're going to have to trust God because you can't see it by yourself. You can't see it. You know how we see better? I'm going to get in your business for a minute. The way that we assess better is by looking at other people. And let me, let me make this clear. Somebody else's better is not your better. <laughs> Somebody else's better is not your better. We, we're, we're conceiving what better looks like, but that doesn't mean their better it is it looks the same as my better. Because some people can handle things that you can't handle. And maybe there are things that you can handle that others can't handle. We all have our own gifts. We all have our own place. We all occupy our own space. God has given us our own lane. And the reason we can succeed in our lane is we're peeking in somebody else's lane. We're looking, and it looks like they're ahead of us. So we assume that's what better looks like. Because better is an individual thing. Say that with me. Say better is an individual thing. Better is an individual thing. Let, let, me, let me tell you, I, there's a, when, I, when I go running in the mornings, it, it didn't happen this morning, but some mornings when I go running, I, there's a guy who flies by me. I mean, he, he flies by me while I'm running. Just all the time runs. You know what I don't do? I don't try to catch up with him. I keep my own pace. Come to find out, he saw me on the road, on a different area of the road one day, and the next time he was flying by me, he stopped and he said, how many miles do you run? I said, I usually run five. He said, oh, I usually do a half mile at a time. So he's flying by me <laughs> doing a half mile. If I try and catch up with him, I'm going to pass out because my goal is the distance. Come on, my goal is the time. I want to work out a certain amount of time. I want to achieve a certain distance. So if I looked at him and said he's doing better, I might pass out and guess what? And still will not reach my goal. be laying on the side of the road calling my family saying, Joseph, come pick me up. I didn't make it this time. Because I'm trying to keep up with somebody else because I assumed his better was what I needed. So I begun to understand that your better and someone else's better does not look the same. Don't look the same. Mother Linda, hey, she she, she was, she, she's a adopted five children. She had five children running around. She has the patience for that. Some of y'all say y'all want five children, but you don't really. Come on, come on, Tucker. You don't, you don't really. It, it, it sounded good when you were 12. But then when you start doing the math, come on, talk to me. You begin to realize that maybe, just possibly, that better doesn't look like my better. <laughs> What's better for her may not look the same for me. So our focus and our understanding of what better is 
often is determined by what we see in other people. Somebody point at somebody and say, look in your life. Look in your life. Look in your lane. Look inside the plan that God has for you. If I stay focused in my lane, then I, I, I won't fall. I won't start sinking like Peter. Peter started looking around and, and looked at the waves when God, Jesus asked him to step off, uh, off the boat. But as long as he was focused on Jesus, everything was fine. As long as he was looking in his lane, he was walking on water. But as soon as he began to look around, that's when he started sinking. And I guarantee you right now, I'm not talking to you. I, I, I know you, you guys are responsible, but I'm going to talk about some other folks. Some folks are sinking because they peeked in somebody else's lane and tried to do what they did because they thought they were doing better. Oh, you, you, you rolling around in a car that's fully paid for, but you see somebody with a newer car. So you go get you a newer car. And get you a newer note. <laughs> and now you sinking because you tried to be better based on what you saw in somebody else's lane. Uh, she, she got her a husband, so I'm going to get me a husband. Be careful. There's, there'll be one out there. But I'll tell you like this, sometimes the devil has an answer before Jesus does. And you'll fool around and scoop up the next thing that pops up. Come on, talk to me. When you take a multiple choice question, test, you realize there's always more wrong answers than right ones. <laughs> Think about it. And some of you are picking the wrong answer because it's the first thing that popped up. Because you didn't have patience to wait on God. Because you were peeking in somebody else's lane and you're trying to keep up with them because you thought that's what better looked like. If I want to get better, all I have to do is have faith and trust God. Only trust him because he knows what my better looks like. Say that with me. Say, God knows what my better looks like. He knows what it looks like. So Peter, he had gone back to a place that was familiar, and Jesus arrives on the shore. It's not immediately apparent, as you can see later in the text. It's not immediately apparent to all of the members in the boat that that was Jesus. They weren't sure it was them. Some of them suspected, but they weren't certain that it was Jesus as as John does, John likes to give you distances. John likes numbers. John tells you they were about 100 yards away, so about the length of a football away, field away. It might be difficult to determine who he was. They did not know who Jesus was, yet Jesus was shouting to them commands. Didn't, didn't, didn't determine who he was at first, but then he shouts to them a demand, and he says, throw the net on the right side of the boat. In, 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 other, in other parts of the gospel, they, they, say to, they say, well, we've been toiling all night, <laughs> and we've taken nothing. And Peter says it this way. He said, but Lord, but at your word. <laughs> but at your word, Lord, at, at, at your word, we're going we're gonna to try it one more time. We're doing it one more time because we're trusting you at your word even when the circumstances don't make sense. 
I, 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 know, I know Brother George is a fisherman. I don't know how many fishermen we have in here. But, but when you're a fisherman, a lot of times you know when you fished out a certain spot. You're like, I've been fishing here six hours. They've been fishing all night. Like one thing I'm certain of is that there aren't any fish right here. I'm not, I know there are some fish somewhere, but there aren't any fish right here. Peter was a professional fisherman. He, he knew what he was doing. But yet, at Jesus' word, he said, I'm going to throw it out one more time. Jesus, notice, notice, Jesus didn't tell him to move. Uh, see, that's how some of us start sinking. God didn't tell you to move. <laughs> he, he didn't say pull up, a, pull up a few yards on the other side of the tree. You know, fishing, we think there's some fish under the trees now, you know. Go, go, go over. He didn't say go to another spot. He said drop the net where you are right there on the right side of the boat. Jesus sometimes in his instructions to us will say things that don't seemingly make sense. But if you will only trust him, you have to, you have to trust him. So, so, so they, they began to trust him. They begin to rely upon who Jesus was. Even after Peter had found himself back to where he started. And, and I, I'm talking, to, I want to talk to somebody right there who feels like you've tried things, but you've come all the way back to where you started. And sometimes you're going back to a place that's familiar because you don't know where else to start. I always talk to you about Scruffy. It's the truth. Scruffy likes her cage because it's familiar. She steps in the cage. On the left is her food. On the right is her water. In front of her is her bed. And when we let her out to use the bathroom, she'll run out and she'll run back into her cage because it's familiar. There may be other things to explore, other things that might be more exciting. There's some good food in the fridge. <laughs> but Scruffy is not subject to explore because she is bound by what is familiar. Don't be bound by what is familiar. Don't be bound. So here we find, I'm saying Peter, he went back to fishing because he was searching for himself after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And when he's trying to find out where he fits, he's going back to where he was, but a lot of times that doesn't work. The reason it doesn't always work to go back to what is familiar, and I'm coming to tell somebody, is because I need you to understand this. No matter what you've been stripped of, when God chooses you, you're chosen. When God selects you, you are chosen. Somebody say, I am chosen. No, come on, say it like you mean to say, I am chosen. I'm chosen. Now, Peter has been chosen. Now, how did Peter get chosen, though? Peter was chosen while he was fishing that God, Jesus said to him, come and I'll make you fishers of men. Chose him as a disciple. Now, Peter messed up. And Peter sometimes, I want you to get this because I'm talking to somebody in, in, in this place. I feel it. Peter felt like God had rejected his assignment. God had rejected his assignment. God had told me uh, that, that, that I was a fisherman. And then he said, I'm going to transition you into a disciple and make you fishers of men. But I denied Jesus three times. 
Peter's saying, I failed. And when you fail, sometimes you begin to wonder, where do I fit? When you fail, sometimes you begin to wonder, well, is, is, is everything that God had planned for me, has my assignment been canceled? Peter was, Peter was going through an identity crisis. I, I, I don't know who, I, I don't know if I'm still a disciple. I don't, I don't know if I'm still God's chosen. So let me revert back to what I know and I know how to fish. I'm going back to what's familiar even though I've been chosen. I want you to understand this. Once you've been chosen, other people can't reject what God has chosen. Other people do not have the authority to revoke that which God has chosen. Because I'm telling you, and you, you've heard me say it, because it's already in you. And God put it in you. Man can take away things that are on you, but they can't take away what's in you. Uh, if you get that, you, you're going to be okay. They can, they can take away what's on you. They can take the accoutrements of what, what you've gathered dur during your time doing God's will, but they cannot reject what God has put in you. I was talking about Mama Linda a few minutes ago. Mama Linda was a mother before she adopted one child. God had already put it in her. It was already there, although she didn't have any children. Because it was, I wish y'all would get this with me. It, 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 was already, it was already in her. David was still, he had already been anointed, the oil had already poured, and he was still back there tending to the sheep. He was king, even though he hadn't had a coronation, God had already put it in him. And Saul chased him for years all around the countryside, all around the people of the Philistines. But he could not kill him because even though he was trying to kill David, there was something in him that wouldn't let him die. And I came to tell somebody right here, there's something in you that God is not allowing you to die. You have to live to fulfill what God has put in you. Point at somebody, preach with me. Point at them and say, you have to live. To fulfill what God put in you. You have to live. Somebody just say live. You have to live. Shut that up. You have to live. God, God said I, I placed you here for a purpose. I put this in you for a purpose. And baby, you can't die until your purpose is fulfilled. He said I know that because I put it in you. Put it in you. Put it in you. Uh, Peter couldn't die because there was something in him that people could not reject. There was something in him that people did not have the authority to put aside. Another reason that Peter could not die, another reason that Peter did not fit where he was is because Peter was already convinced. Somebody say convinced. Peter was convinced that Jesus was Lord. That's why he said, thou art the Christ, the, the son of the living God. He was already convinced that Jesus was Lord. And once you've seen the light, baby, you can't go back to darkness. Oh, let me talk. You get, once you've seen the light, once you've seen what, let me give you this, once you've seen what better looks like, you can't go back to darkness. Come on, talk to me. 
Talk to me. I, I know I got some women in here. Once they've seen what a better clothes look like, once they've seen what a, a better hotel looks like, they'll tell you real quick, man, well, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> Come on, talk to me. <laughs> Once they discover a certain brand, once they discover a certain comfort, once they discover a certain style, they'll like they'll be like they'll be talking to you like you think they're quoting scripture. They'll be like things I used to do. <laughs> I don't do no more. Because they've discovered what better looks like. Peter could not be satisfied where he was because he knew what better. I know what better looks like. You can't, you can't convince me because I've seen God do it. Somebody say, I've seen God do it. And when, once, you, once you've seen God do it, you can't convince me. Otherwise, I, I know what better looks like. I've walked inside the light, and you can't convince me to go back to the darkness because I know what better, what better looks like. That's right, Sister Venus. I know. I know what it looks like. The other reason, the third reason you can't go back to the familiar is because you no longer fit. You've grown, and now you no longer fit. You've grown, so you no longer fit. Because I, you, can't, you can't walk with Jesus and not grow. Come on, talk to me. Peter walked with Jesus. He grew with Jesus. He learned from Jesus. He began to understand Jesus' purpose. You can't help but grow from that experience. When, when you, has anybody walked with Jesus? I, I walk with him and I talk with him and he tells me that, I, that I'm his own. When, when I begin to appreciate what Jesus wants from me, I understand how I ought to be treated. Come on, I understand how I, everybody might not treat me that way, but I understand how I ought to be treated. Because walking with Jesus helps remind me of how valuable I am. I have valuable, I have value if nobody wants me. I have value if others reject me. Because walking with Jesus has made me appreciate my value. So Peter, he couldn't go back. He could no longer fit. And if anything else was a reminder to Peter, let me give you this. While, while they were fishing, I told you, Paul, I told you John likes, he likes to give you numbers. So they're fishing and, and, and they pull in the fish. Well, Peter doesn't pull in because as soon as he realized it was Jesus, he threw his coat on and swam to the shore. So he's over there and the other men are bringing the fish in. And when they bring the fish in, they put it there, and they must have counted it because John said there were 153 fish. And I'm beginning to wonder, what, what's the significance of 153 fish? I wonder that that seemed random to me. But I want you to understand something about a little bit about Hebrew. I'm going to give you a little basic Hebrew lesson. In Hebrew, they use letters to designate numbers. They use letters to designate numbers. To give you an example, a, a crude example, A is the first letter of our alphabet. So let's say A is one. D is the fourth letter. So let's say D is four. So the word for the number nine would be A plus D plus D. So I would say add. And add would be nine to designate how Hebrew people designate letters 
as numbers. Are you with me? A is one. D is four. Two fours and one, and the A being one is nine. So for the number nine, I would say add. In Hebrew, the number 153, Ani, is 61. A-N-I is 61. The word E-L-O-H-I-M, or Elohim, adds up to 92. 61 plus 92 is 153. And I would say that, Ani Elohim. Ani Elohim happens also to be a word. Ani Elohim is saying, I am God. 153, if you say it in Hebrew, you put the letters to designate the numbers, says, Ani Elohim, I am God. So when I thought about it, I'm like, Peter went back to fishing, and, and then he pulls the fish out of the water, and even the number of the fish are talking to him. The number of the fish are telling him, Peter, no matter where you go, no matter who you associate with, you cannot forget that I am God. But in another sense, I, I have to give Peter a little credit. I have to give Peter credit because even though Jesus had died and he'd been resurrected and Peter was in a state of confusion, Peter decided in his mind, he said, let me go back to the place where God first found me. I wish somebody went here. He said, I'm confused right now, and I don't understand my direction. But he said, what I can do is I can go back to the place where Jesus first chose me. And and every now and then when we're feeling lost, we need to go back. Somebody say, go back. I need to go back to where the, where the Lord found me because I was sinking deep in sin and I was far from the shore. My mind was confused and I was trying to figure out my way. But some way, somehow, God's hand had lifted me. He pulled me back to the shore and he was telling me in any circumstance, no matter how far you run. He's saying, I am God. And sometimes you have trouble finding God in your situation. But every now and then, he'll send you a reminder of who he is. Sometimes it's just a little thing. Sometimes it's not the fire. It's not the earthquake. But it may come in a still small voice and it's whispering in your ear that no matter what you're going through right now, no matter how far you feel from me, no matter how discouraged you are, I want to remind you that I am, I am God. Somebody put those hands together and give God some praise. Everyone standing on your feet. God, God was reminding Peter that even in a situation where he felt that he was lost, where he felt like he couldn't find his way, No matter where you are, I want you to remember, God will always find you where you are. (laughs) God will meet you where you are. He will lead you to the place where you need to go. But God will find you where you are. I don't know where you were. Some of you, you, you might have to tell your own testimony. When you were in a place where you knew you were far from God, 
But some way, somehow, he got a message to you that told you to come back home. I'm still waiting. My arms are still open. Said, I just want you to come back home. Just, just come back home. Said, I'm waiting on you. I, I, I have, I have, I'm yet available to you. I yet have what you need if you just come back, come back home. He said, you'll find your sense of belonging with me. You'll find your identity with me. You will fit with me if you just trust me. If you just depend on me. If you just take my hand and allow me to lead you along the way. You never have to feel lost. You never have to feel alone. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He said, if you'll just trust me. If you'll just take my hand. If you just allow me to lead you. He said, and I'll lead you to better. He said, you don't know the way. He said, but I'll lead you to better if you will just trust me. Come on, put those hands together again and give God some praise. Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for your connection. Lord, we thank you for finding us even when we're lost, giving us a sign that you're still there. Reminding us that you are still God. And not only that you're God, but that you're available to us. And that you will meet us at the point of our need if we will just trust you. Lord, I ask even on this week, Lord, help us. No matter how lost we might feel. No matter how far away we may feel from you. Lord, even to those who feel like that their assignment has been rejected. Lord, you are still yet calling their name. You're still yet calling them to you. Your, your arms are yet wide open to them to return to you. Lord, we're claiming them for the kingdom right now. We're trusting even right now that, Lord, you're going to send them aside. You're going to give them direction to help them to come back closer to you. And, Lord, we ask all these things in thy son Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, right to Put those hands together. For those of you who've been watching online, we pray that you will live with faith and understand that God's yet calling on you. He still loves you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Know that until we shall see you again. God bless you. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Give a Fire. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.